You are now listening to Well-Fed Women, the show that's been radically changing the way women perceive health, fitness, and their bodies since 2015. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr. Submit your questions to wellfedwomen at gmail.com, and you can keep up with the show on Instagram at wellfedwomen. Welcome to the Well-Fed Women podcast. This is episode number 366. I am your host, Noelle Tarr of coconutsandkettlebells.com, and I'm here with my co-host of seven years, Stephanie Ruper. And today we are going to be talking about contradictory information when it comes to eating frequently versus intermittent fasting for health. We've just never talked about that here, so it's going to be fun to dive into that. Uh, Balancing health conditions with not wanting to tailspin into diet culture. It's another big topic. And if we have time after we give all of our thoughts on those two things, uh, potential causes of malabsorption of nutrients. Before we dive into our discussions. I've gotten a lot of questions about this. I'm very excited to share this with you all. So because I think a lot of you are kind of in the same space that I was, and that is you need to check your relationship with coffee. Uh, I have always loved coffee. I always drank a ton of it, especially in college when I was trying to fuel my disordered eating, you know, exercise stuff. It was like a good hunger suppressant, and it would also, you know, help me run more, I guess. Um, But as I've become more in tune with my body and after having my second child, I really wanted to see if I could get rid of the coffee to help support cortisol and my circadian rhythms. And I was really struggling with sleep quality. And I started noticing that coffee was actually making me like have this anxious feeling. So I would be working on my computer and all of a sudden I would just have this like wave of anxiousness. And I had this light bulb moment where I was like, I think this is coffee. I think this is caffeine. So I decided to ditch it. But what I miss about caffeine is that pick me up, you know, you get increased focus and you have a little bit more motivation. And so I started becoming more interested in adaptogens, which are herbs and or functional mushrooms that help your body adapt to stress. So they essentially boost your resistance and tolerance when it comes to emotional and physical stress. It provides your body with the support it needs when it needs it. And research shows that adaptogens can balance cortisol, combat fatigue, enhance focus, ease depression and anxiety, and support proper hormone function. And I I think a lot of you, we've talked about this before, but a lot of you will know caffeine actually frees up stored cortisol at rest. So it can kind of like drain your adrenals, whereas adaptogens don't have that same impact. So after looking at a lot of different ways to supplement with adaptogens, I found red juice from Organifi. I was hesitant to try it because I don't I don't love powdered drinks, but realizing how much Element helped me pushed me a little bit to give it a try. And the more I researched, the more I realized it's really the easiest and the best way to enjoy like adaptogens and superfood blends. So now I drink the Organifi Red Juice three to four times a week, mostly mid-morning. It's becoming more and more like now it's like, oh, five days a week. Um, It's incredible for me for energy support and focus. So it's like this red berry antioxidant blend. It has cordyceps and rhodiola and reishi. And cordyceps is really one of my favorite um, functional adaptogens because it it boosts your energy and immunity and stamina. And that's why I call it like a mom adaptogen. Um, And then last week we were sick. You can kind of still hear it in my nasally voice. But when I was sick, they have a green juice as well. 
which is very good. And it has different adaptogens like ashwagandha for stress support. So I took that and it helped a ton. So I have totally fallen in love with Organifi. All their superfood blends are 100% organic. Um, They contain high quality ingredients. They're free of fillers and they actually taste really good, which I can't choke down gross drinks. It's just not going to happen. So they taste really amazing and they have a lot of different variety of drinks. So they have some that are great for mid-morning, midday, and then like chocolate drinks in the evening, which can kind of be an alternative to melatonin because it has reishi and other things that can calm you down. So you can um, support your body energy and immunity and stress with Organifi. They take pride in offering the best superfood products on the market at a price point that works out to less than $3 a day. Experience Organifi's high-quality superfoods without breaking the bank by going to Organifi.com forward slash well-fed. Our code well-fed will get you 20% off your order, which is really significant. Um, I use the link now too because we just blew through our red juice and of course, my husband uses it now. So he's like, are, are you going to order more? Because <laughs> we need some. Uh, Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash well-fed. Our code well-fed will get you 20% off. Um, I'm so thankful for them. Okay. So hi, Steph. Hey. Hey. So a little raspy. Um, Me. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's fine. Uh, and I'm a little nasally. So we are... We are we are t- uh, quite the pair for today's. Yeah, episode. well, you know, like <laughs> my histamine thing, like it 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 um it can it can your vocal cords can be a little inflamed, and with the the air these days right now, it's uh, super dry outside mm. and it's super hot and heated inside because it's so cold outside and dry. And then, um, and then we'll have a day where it's like 60 degrees and humid and then it'll be like, and today again, there's a snowstorm. And so, yeah, the, the quality of the air and my histamine and, um, you know, all the stuff, all all the the things, delicate flower you. Um, so I watch your stories as much as possible, almost every day. You're like one of three people that I have, I actually watch stories and, Mm. um, I've been seeing little hints of things like um, you may not be living in your beautiful apartment anymore. <laughs> you, may, you may even be thinking about another PhD. Um, so what's going on? Are you are you moving or are you staying in the Boston area or what, what's happening? Um, I <laughs> the only the only thing I can say for sure is that I'm not sure. Um <laughs> It, this is definitely a period of thinking for me and discernment. And that means sitting in a fair amount of discomfort because uncertainty is not always the most fun thing to sit with. But I am, uh, yeah, I am moving out probably for reasons that doesn't necessarily mean I'm leaving the Boston area. Um, I love it here. And I have some really amazing friends here and I love the dancing here and I love so much about it. Uh, So it always has been and will continue to be a base. Uh, But I am, uh, yeah, looking, looking at, looking at more options and just becoming a little bit more flexible in uh, this transition period in terms of what I might be doing in the long run. Not super sure. Not super sure, uh, but I do, um, yeah, 
maybe I'll have more to announce in like, you know, upcoming weeks as this process unfolds. But I'm really I'm I'm looking at a lot of options and really excited about them. Um, I may end up um, revitalizing some aspects of my web presence. We'll see. Uh, that really depends. And I don't really know also what sort of time frame we're looking at. Um People have been asking, like, are you still in your job? Yes. Yes, I do still have my job. Um, and I am very lucky and happy and honored uh, to be in this job. So holding space for all of these different things uh, while I'm dealing with a bunch of change. And I know that that's kind of vague, but uh, details may be forthcoming. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't expect anything less from you, Stephanie. <laughs> yeah. It's vague. What, things are changing. Mo- I don't know. <laughs> A little uncomfortable, but I got to figure this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Story of my life. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's um, surprised. <laughs> nobody's no. surprised. But I have enjoyed watching all your dancing videos on, um, in your stories and stuff. More people are filming you dancing, which is great. Because remember, I'm always like, where are you, though? <laughs> so now it's a lot of you. <laughs> it's a lot of me. Yeah. Well, I have always been working on the... Art. I always say I am a student of the art of dancing and also taking videos has become like more common. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So true. anyway, all the stuff. True. Yeah. Um, it's funny to see just how how much people interact with their phones and how normal that has become. Whereas mm-hmm. like back in the day, it was a little bit uncomfortable if you were taking a selfie or you had a selfie stick or whatever, you know, like taking a picture of yourself was always a little bit like, Ugh. and now it's what everybody does all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm I'm still about it, but I'll go mm-hmm. out with friends and they'll hold their arm out really far and purse their lips and they're just like sitting out in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, you do that? They're like, you don't? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> the duck face picks. Yeah. Hopefully that's yep. moved. We've moved on from that. But yeah. Mm. Yeah. And back I in the day. I like it. <laughs> do you? Yeah. Um, back in the day, I used to use a actual camera, like a camera that you would turn around and you would try to make sure that your face was in the center and just hope that you got it right. You know, you take the picture yes, and then you just, you just wait to see if it was center or not when you got the film developed. So Oh, man, I sound so old. Um, It's cool. It's cool. Nothing new over here. Definitely not moving. Um, Really nothing has changed. So that's cool. Uh, I'll be your your steady Betty. (laughs) (laughs) Unexciting things happening. Um, uh, We're just trying to figure out my... One of the big things that is is happening in in the future is my daughter is going to school. And my son, we are going to start him in preschool. And um, so that's going to radically change our schedule because I do really enjoy having flexibility to kind of... Guys, I really need my sleep, okay? And uh-huh. I, I want to sleep in. And every day now, I do get to sleep in until my body wakes up. But that is going to change when I actually have to, like, get myself up and get my kids up and get, you know, them to school pretty early. Not them, but specifically my daughter because elementary school can start pretty early. So I'm just trying to even I'm, – I'm feeling a little bit of anxiety about it right now because I'm just – I'm imagining my schedule changing and – what that's going to look like because right now my mornings are sacred and 
it's 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 hard. I don't want to have to wake up at four thirty to get my workout in before everybody wakes up. But so, some days I have I may have to do that. I I don't know. So anyway, anyway, that's, that's the space I'm in. I have a fun discussion um, point for us today. This question was part of our questions a while back. And um, this one's from Melanie. She says, I saw on IG, Steph buys herself a rose every week. I think this is fabulous. And I have two questions for you. What are some little daily, weekly, monthly things you both do that make you happy? And two, Steph says she dries the roses to save. I used to do that. But then I went through a Marie Kondo mode of trying to throw everything away and not keeping anything (laughs) extraneous. How do you choose what to keep in your life physically and what to throw away? Wow. These could be very deep discussions. This could be, you know, Mm -hmm. we could could go long. I'll keep it brief. Um, Yeah, I do. uh, I was very fortunate to uh, my mother actually got me a gift card to a local florist for my birthday. Uh, on my, yeah, for my birthday. And so about once a week, maybe once every other week, I pop down and I buy one rose and it's, you know, four or five bucks. And I really like that because I'm patronizing the local florist and I don't need a huge bouquet, you know? Mm -hmm. And I also, I don't keep plants because maintenance, but I buy one rose and I have this little jug that I put it in. And then when it's done, I put it in the on top of the fridge with uh, I'm looking I'm looking right now. Um, I put it on top of the fridge with a bunch of other flowers that I've had that have um, died. I like flowers after they have finished their course. I like to keep them around because I think uh, things are beautiful no matter where they are in the life cycle. You know, it's it's something something along those lines. And yeah, that's probably that's like that's my one ritual. That's a gift to me and I like it. I liked that a lot. There's, um, yeah, I mean, I have, I have my, I have my romantic life, which is uh, always changing. (laughs) Just put it that way. My romantic (laughs) life is, um, always exciting and, and, um, but, uh, but my, my relationship with myself is rock solid and that's a reminder of that, you know, and I like mm-hmm. to be grounded in myself and um, constantly just sort of cultivating like a, a space for myself to enjoy beauty in the world. Something I noticed when one of my relationships ended ages ago was like, there's, there's a deep, I had a deep feeling of loss for the ability to just like share everything I thought was cool and mm. things I thought were beautiful. Like I, I always loved that about relationships. And when I'm single, it's a little, you know, I do it with friends and stuff, but um, I like creating moments of just like enjoying beauty with myself or I'll take a photo and put it on Instagram. So that's kind of the one thing on a, on a daily basis. I, um, I do like to indulge in coffee, although Noel is correct. Um, it's a, it's a complicated relationship. As I have discussed with y'all many times. So, um, but I really enjoy that moment of of a hot beverage, you know, and, and tea is great. And I actually haven't tried Organifi, but I was thinking about it when Noelle was talking about it. So, um, yeah, that's some stuff. What about you? Do you, um, do you have to, do you have to like carve out alone time? What is, what is your. I'm having a really hard time coming up with anything, but I don't. I mean, I don't ever like deny myself of things, so I don't necessarily right. feel like I have to 
Um, like I have to do this special thing to take care of myself. I mean, mm. I don't know. I can't, I will say that I'm very intentional about my daily chocolate. I mean, that's, does that count? Um, yes, it does. <laughs> so my husband does go out of the way to try to help, like for Valentine's Day, for example, he, he ordered some like different special chocolate. And so I always enjoy that daily. There's not a day that goes by that I don't have chocolate it's usually after lunch that's my chocolate time um and i do i know this is going to sound cliche but i really do love i feel so energized and excited by my workouts because i don't feel like i'm trying to like kill myself in the gym anymore i'm going in there mm-hmm. and i'm doing things that i enjoy and so my you know my husband knows that i need that and he allows me to work out while he gets the kids up and stuff like that and like, it's something I genuinely just love to do. And when I don't do it, which this is going to come up in, in our, we have some questions coming up in the future about this. But and so I understand a lot of you who are like, I want to work out more, though. And I do, too. <laughs> I really do. But I also know that I, I intentionally have to, yeah, you know, have rest in between. So I'm trying to figure out what to do that will allow me to still have that 10 minutes to myself, whether it's a bar class or, you know, just stretching or whatever that I can have on my off days that will allow me just to have that moment, you know, to just kind of recharge and have a little bit of fun, dare I say, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. And the other thing I do, I mean, I've become a person who kind of, I don't apologize for buying myself things that I enjoy. So like I do enjoy buying plants. Um, And we do that maybe for birthdays or whatever. Like I will go to the local um, garden center and like pick out some new houseplants and maybe they may not make it because like, you know, ferns are hard, but most of them do make it. Some of them don't. But that's it's little things like that that I don't necessarily I don't know. I I don't feel like oh I'm doing something for myself, but I also am very intentional with like enjoy yourself. (laughs) Like it's it's fine to, you know do these little things because they make you happy. I think a lot of times women in general, we always have to have a reason for making a decision or, you know, we have to have like, sometimes it's okay to do things for no reason. So um, just because it makes you happy. And I try to always kind of incorporate that into my, into my life. Um, So things that are beautiful, like I do enjoy being surrounded by really beautiful things. (laughs) Yeah. Um, whatever throw pillows or like a really cozy blanket or you know stuff like that so um mm-hmm. i do i do love me some blankets in the summertime i love sitting outside taking a moment in the morning yes you know just like um if i'm staying with somebody who has a porch i love a good porch mm. i currently have a balcony i don't know what i'll have next um but i like to have a you know five yes. to ten minutes to just sit in that moment um yeah so yeah. that's cool i love it yeah, and I don't I don't do a ton of TV, but when I do, I try to intentionally. I'm like, I, I just need to, I want to just watch something that's like fun for me because I think as when you become like, you know, a a part of a couple, <laughs> um, it, it it quickly turns into like, well, what can we watch? And so sometimes I'm like, I'm just gonna go upstairs a little early, like after we get the kids done, and I'm you know, down, and I'm like, I'm gonna watch Real Housewives or whatever for 15 minutes because like that's what I want to do. <laughs> so. And then my husband comes up and we'll do like a movie together. But um, just those little things that are like, yeah, I just need a second because it's a lot. Mm. And there's, I think a lot of us are all like, especially since 2020, you know, I know a lot of people still 
are working from home. And like a lot of us, we're all, and that's a huge blessing. Like, I love that. I love that I get to see my husband more and my kids all the time. And that's awesome. But also you need to be very intentional with like taking a second to be by yourself and don't apologize for that. You know, like mm. I, I need a second yeah. um, to do nothing. Maybe you don't have to be productive with every second, like take a second to do nothing. Um, okay. So you do not, how do you choose what to keep in your life and what to toss? Because, like, you're keeping your roses. Well, I mean, that's very int- – yes, I do. Um, but I would – when I move out, for example, I will throw them away. Yeah. Um, and I actually I, – I keep very little. I have very little. I have uh, – I keep things that are sentimental Mm-hmm. Um, and handmade and do like bolster my experience of meaning and purpose <laughs> and uh, blankets <laughs> <laughs> and blankets. Um, and then, I mean, that, that, that's kind of it. Like if something, if something is conducive to my flourishing, I will keep it around. If it's not like, no, I, uh, yeah. and I used to have a rule and I am returning to the rule actually of not having more stuff than I can fit in one car. Um, so, and that's, I mean, I just, I, I'm moving out and I am going to be getting rid of my furniture. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of going back to that and that's a good cap for me and, and you can have a different kind of cap, you know, it doesn't have to be the same rule, you know, but, um, a lot of people have like one article of clothing in one article of clothing out, that sort of thing. Um, I just try to be mindful about it. I don't, I find that possessions lose their sentimental value, their emotional value, the more of them that I have. Like hmm. if I have two teal sweaters, I love, I love them. But if I have 10, it kind of, eh. yeah, you know, it, it kind of like dilutes that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have all of my mugs have a like emotion attached and if I just had mugs, I wouldn't love them the way I love them, mm. you know? So, so I, I, I try to, I try to be conscious of that. And I think about that a lot with my clothing, um, because I can keep buying things that are similar to other things I have or what have you. But, I, but I do notice that, uh, I, th- the relationship I have with my clothing changes when I have a lot of it, you know, it mm-hmm. becomes a little bit more transactional and a little bit less like, I can't wait to put on this sweater again. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. That's some stuff I think about. You know, th- no, that's such good insight. And uh, it's true just as a mom, what I went to immediately was it's true about uh, with toys too. It's like when you, and they've even done studies on this, when kids have too many options, they don't play with anything. They kind of think they, they mm-hmm. don't, um, like, you know, they're not ex- as excited or as attached to specific things. Cause there's just too much. And so when yeah. you have 8 million of, you know, your kid loves puzzles. So you get 8 million puzzles. Now it becomes a little bit less, you know, exciting and they engage with them less because there's just too many. So, you know, have just one or two good puzzles that they love to do over and over again and then get one that's maybe a little bit more challenging and get rid of the one that's not as challenging. So it's it's just, in you know, I see that so like clearly with my kids um and they play with things less like for a shorter amount of time too when there's too much of it too much you know too many Mm. um whereas Mm. if they have the less options they have the more they engage the longer they engage with certain items so 
Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's been so many studies done that um, when you have a bunch of choices, generally speaking, Mm -hmm. you tend to be less satisfied with what you ultimately end up choosing because you're thinking about how you could have been more satisfied with the different choice. And the same thing I think applies to the clothing I pick in the morning or to the toys that, you know, kids are picking up. Like the more choice you have, the the more like of an opportunity cost there is in your head, whether or not you're conscious of it, you know, like there were yeah. other options. So there was, was it a pasta, a re, was this, am I making this up? The pasta sauce study? Have you heard about that? Where it's like they gave like 52 options of, you know, pasta sauce. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That was similar to that. Super insightful. Okay. Let's get to um, questions Questions. here. Yeah. I have, for some reason I have (laughs) this is, I have them mislabeled, but this is question number one is from Cassidy. She says, I'm studying for my certificate for holistic health and I read this, but it's contradictory to the pro-metabolic diet. It says, In quotations, constantly needing to munch on food is a major sign that your blood sugar is out of whack. Constantly snacking keeps blood and insulin levels spiked with no time to calm down. Intermittent fasting is one of my go-to tools to help keep the hormones responsible for blood sugar in check since it's proven to lower insulin resistance and increase metabolism. Can you help me understand this quote? (laughs) Yeah, I... (sighs) There are about just about everything. There are schools of thought on both sides. There's a spectrum. And when it comes to science, for better or for worse, you will be able to find studies along the spectrum. And do I think that in many cases, some point on the spectrum has more scientific credibility than others? Yes, I do. But it will not be hard to form a mindset and form a belief system or advice about what to do based on these like two polar ideas. And so we will find as we have found, <laughs> and the longer I'm in this space, I'm just, I'm that emoji <laughs> with the, with the girl with her head on the desk and the lines <laughs> coming out of the top. Yeah. You know, like the lines are coming out of the top. That's the best part. Cause it's like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm that because uh, intermittent fasting has been a thing. Pro-metabolic eating has been a thing. Um, high carb has been a thing. Low carb has been a thing. High protein, low protein, high fat, low fat, high quality. I guess nobody's fighting for low quality. Actually, there are people fighting for low quality foods. So I, (laughs) and I think what, what happens is that like we are bio individual, right? Like we are very different. It's very, very hard to understand that somebody else's body feels and operates from a different way than yours. In fact, I would argue it's literally impossible. We can do our best, but it's literally impossible to know what it's like to be in another person's body. And so people will be, will say all day long, like you can eat carbs, you can eat carbs. I eat a ton of carbs. You can eat carbs. All right. But like somebody else's experience, you know, dealing with metabolic, you know, insulin resistance or what have you, metabolic syndrome will probably likely be on the other end of the spectrum. And the studies that they use will may or may not like, you know, be close to be close to their personal experience. And, um, so I think it's really easy to have these sort of ebbs and flows and diet culture. And then people sort of like flock 
You know, it's almost like, I, again, to, I don't want to use too many metaphors, but like, you know, when you like throw a piece of bread into a pond and all the ducks go towards the bread and then you throw bread on the other side and all the ducks go to the other <laughs> it's side. A good metaphor. It's a really <laughs> <Thank> solid. <laughs> like, like that, that happens because we're all sort of chasing better health and looking at like what works for other people. Like, you know, that's natural. What works for other people? But at the end of the day, like, different things will work for different people and at different points in our lives. At certain points in my life, I was like so much about carbs and I ate 12 apples a day and I like talked about it. I like was an advocate for it. And, and, but but I also knew that that wasn't for everybody. I did. And nowadays, like when, when, when I, I really love yogurt, like (laughs) I love a good parfait. And when there's fruit on top, I like scrape it off. I like don't want it. (laughs) No, you don't really. Yeah, I do, especially the apples. I like hate the apples. Oh, gosh. Are you serious? I'm <laughs> 100% serious. This might be my new favorite episode oh, no. of us recording just because we get to talk about the ducks and the ducks, and this the because bread. this this I mean, we've talked about we've talked about this issue so many times, but that's that's kind of how it works and so like your blood sugar levels like generally speaking, do I think intermittent fasting well, I wouldn't even say that because intermittent fasting is can be kind of like more strict for people, more severe. Eating in fewer meals a day, generally speaking, can that be great for people's blood sugar levels? Yeah, I think so. Are there other benefits to eating more frequently? Yes, I think so. So that's where I am. If you are active and follow a whole foods diet, you need to be thinking about electrolyte replacement. Take it from me, who did not consider electrolytes for a very long time. Don't make the mistake I did. So here's the deal. You lose electrolytes when you sweat, like when you're working out, even when you're doing things like going into a sauna, and when you go to the bathroom. These electrolytes have to be replaced through your diet or through supplementation. And if you're following a whole foods diet, which is naturally low in sodium, you can actually be chronically deficient in electrolytes. And even if you salt your foods, it may still not be enough if you are working out and sweating regularly. So this can show up as, or a deficiency can show up as dizziness, muscle cramps, headaches, fatigue, seeing stars when you stand up, sleep disturbances, especially on workout days, which was my experience. Electrolytes are important because water absorption in your body is dependent upon the absorption of key electrolytes like sodium and magnesium and potassium. And if you are guzzling water throughout the day or you find yourself super thirsty, you can actually be flushing out your electrolytes and you may actually be in need of electrolytes, not more water. Element makes grab-and-go electrolyte replacement supplementation. You just take an Element recharge packet, tear it open, mix it with water, and sip on it. There is no sugar, gluten fillers, artificial ingredients, and it's paleo-friendly. I've been using Element regularly on workout days and it has made such a difference for me in the last year. I don't feel so thirsty or empty throughout the day. I don't have that dizziness I used to when I go from sitting to standing post-workout. And just as a tip, when you're drinking it, mix it in about 16 ounces of water. And then if it starts to get a little salty at the end, just add a bit more water and stir and sip on it as needed, which is what I do. I always, It's called second drink. <laughs> um, that's what I do throughout the day while I'm sipping on it. So grab a free sample pack of Element by going to drink 
lmnt.com forward slash well-fed. All you have to do is pay for shipping. So it's a box of eight. Again, that's drink. So D-R-I-N-K element lmnt.com forward slash well-fed. You can click on get yours. And if you have already bought yourself some boxes, use that link to buy three boxes and get one free, which is what we do. Yeah. Welcome to the world of nutrition, Cassidy. <laughs> this is the, literally, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's interesting. You're going to, you know, there's going to be all different certifications and all different, you know, ideas and all different influencers promoting different things. And I think it's a red flag for me when somebody says, you know, this is this is the way. Not like this could work for some people who are in this situation. But they say, you know, this is the way. This is the way to balance whatever, lower your insulin resistance and increase metabolism and all the things. Um it's a stretch, right? And so we as professionals, nutrition professionals, <laughs> whatever that is, um people who are trying to <laughs> help other people with their health. We have got to look at the information that we are reading and the claims that we are reading with a skeptical eye. And I know that that's hard and you want to believe everything that, you know, is being said to you. And it, you know, it makes it easy, right? It, it Unfortunately, it's just nine times out of ten when people make these big claims and they make, you know, they give whatever. It's an easy button. Like, just do this and it's going to fix it. It's definitely not that easy and not going to work. So um, I think I also see it as a red flag, like constantly needing to munch on food is a sign your blood sugar's out of whack. Or it could just be that you're like really hungry that day. So I, I mean, like it's not always that way. And so we need to understand what does it mean if somebody's, what does that even mean? Blood sugar out of whack? Like <laughs> Great question. <laughs> like, okay, like this is this is how I read that statement. What does that even mean? And no, you could be snacking because you're hungry and that is, you know, okay. And constantly snacking, what do you mean by constantly snacking? Are you talking about once an hour? Are you talking about eating every two to three hours? And how is that keeping blood and insulin levels spiked with no time to calm down? Like, no, it's it can calm down just fine. And that's not a, necessarily always a bad thing. So, you know, it depends on what are you eating? What's your diet? What's the quality of the food? Like, we have no context here. So, you know, you have to be able to look at things like this with a skeptical eye and say, what are you even saying? What are you trying to say? And and how can we actually help people moving forward? And I think the best way to help people moving forward is to really sh- I mean, it's not easy, but, you know, making sure that people understand there's no one-size-fits-all approach. And even if something's working for you now, it may not work for you in the future. So how do we move a, move through finding what, you know, helping people figure out what works for them? We point them to other, and you even for yourself, figure out what works best for your body by tracking other biomarkers. Track your biomarkers of health. Track your inflammatory levels. Track your vitamin D level. Track your, you know, whatever, cholesterol and blood sugar, your fatigue. Track your hormones. See how you're feeling 
And if that lines up, like if, you know, I'm a snacker, whatever. I I like eating frequently. I, I really do eat probably every three hours. And that's works for me. And I can tell you, I don't have, you know, my blood sugar's not out of whack and I don't, my insulin levels are wonderful. So I, it, it's, it's all about context and, and just being able to kind of wade through the crud and understand that every, every few years, we're going to see a new trend. It's going to happen. You know, it's going to happen. Before it was keto and intermittent fasting. Now it's eating every three to four hours and eating carbs. And, you know, sooner or later, it'll all be about eating sugar and it may go back to being low fat. And then, you know, it's 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 all going to be out there. It's going to come. I promise you it's going to come. There's new trends that are going to come. There's new people that are going to be quoting other people. There's new and, you know, whatever. There's new there's just going to be new diets, new things, new controversial things, especially if it if it is contrary to what people were saying before. People love to focus on that, right? They love to kind of be the like, "Oh, look at me. I'm revealing this like information that's counter to what's being being said before. And that's good. You know, sometimes we need that. We need to see that there are other ways of thinking. But just know that it's coming. It's out there. And you there are some really good foundational truths that we know about nutrition that like, you know, quality is really important. Eating enough is really important. An anti-inflammatory diet is really important. There are certain foods that might not be right for you that could cause inflammation or, you know, script your gut. We know gut health is really important. Um, we know you know, nutrients and cofactors and all that is really important. And food is a great source of getting your nutrients. And we know these things. And so those things I is is what I want people to focus on, because that's where you're going to see long lasting change, not getting caught up on, you know, what what's in, what's trending today. So anything else from you? No, I think um, I mean, that's that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay. This uh, second question is from Kelsey. She says, what are some tips for balancing thoughts and feelings around diet culture, especially with a bad history with it when you have a diagnosed health issue that is helped by dieting and exercise? For me, it's fatty liver disease. I made some good gains last summer by eating better, in quotations, and exercising more, but went a little into the familiar diet culture tailspin that triggered additional bouts of depression and anxiety, leading to paralysis about how to get back on the wagon again. Um, thank you, Kelsey. I'm Something I find interesting is um, that you talked about your health issue being helped by dieting and exercising, and you know, what we all, we have to pick words that we use. Um, Mm. but something I don't like to think about myself as either diet. I, I never think of, I try to eat as well as I can (laughs) and I don't, perhaps there's a little bit of a framing for you and maybe there isn't, but perhaps there's a framing of like, I'm dieting or I'm not right. I'm eating well or I'm not. And when I'm eating well, I get sort of pulled into this whole world of diet culture, of restricting, I'm guessing is a part of that, um, of maybe doing some uh, restrictive eating and then overeating or what have you to compensate, falling into these cycles of uh, eating more and less. 
that have shame and guilt attached to them and all that sort of stuff. Um, and maybe that's a little bit tied to this idea that you're on or you're off. And you mentioned getting back on the wagon. And I know that this is something that Noelle talks about a lot. Um, I think she often says, correct me if I am incorrect, there is no wagon, <laughs> right? We're yeah. like, and, and just picture, I like to think of myself just like walking along you know, there are no wagons. We're all just walking along and doing our best. And you talk about fatty liver disease. And this is something that's actually really helped by, by doing, by including foods with nutrients that help with fatty liver disease, right? So you maybe like a lot like egg yolks that have choline in them. This can be really helpful for fatty liver disease. Um, and steering towards foods that are conducive to your metabolic health, um, steering towards foods that are conducive to gut health, which can help reduce inflammation. And so doing these kinds of things, including things like focus on what you include and then, yeah, avoid things that you think are detrimental to your physical health. But also if you're not perfect, that's okay. Right. Um, an autoimmune disease, I might say you being as, you know, clear on your boundaries with food as possible is important. Uh, but fatty liver disease, I, I would think, I mean, and with autoimmune diseases, like flexibility is absolutely something that you can integrate into your plan as well and all these sorts of things. Um, and flexibility is really helpful. But um, here with what you're, with what you're dealing with, you want to focus on um, nourishing yourself. And so for me, that's not about um, trying to dial in and, and nail all of the perfect X, Y, and Z things because perfect, Diets don't necessarily, they don't exist. Perfect ways of eating don't exist. Um, but we can lean into really, really good and make choices, proactive choices for ourselves that support our health. Um, with, but while at the same time, like avoiding this whole like off on good, bad thing and exercise for our health and not let our weight play into it. Um, uh, because I think that that's, that's a really big piece of the, you know, the depression, anxiety and negative feelings we have about dieting, you know, have to do with the way that we look. But if we're making these choices for our health and we're letting ourselves be a little, you know, a bit flexible about it, you know, it's fine. Um, then it sort of like pulls a lot of the pressure that we feel to, you know, be perfect or not. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Like the core belief here is perfection is required and like I have to do it every day to see success or I have to do it every day in order for this to be working. And so if I'm not doing it, then I'm now I'm paralyzed because how do I get back into it? And I can totally understand that because that's the way our culture has kind of set up this idea that, you know, how how we have this relationship with health and fitness. And I think largely that's because we have this perception that health and fitness is supposed to be something we hate. Like we're, we we have to restrict foods and it takes grit and willpower and we need to be doing this type of exercise so that we're pushing ourselves and, you know, we have to do it every day. And you have got to re, like, you, you've just got to almost like create a new relationship with food and with fitness when you are trying to pursue health because society is all about pursuing weight loss and weight loss and weight loss and getting thinner and weight loss. And health is not mutually exclusive with weight loss. There's it health is how can I feel my best? How can I, you know, deal with whatever health condition it is that you have 
Uh, maybe, you know, you have chronic pain. Maybe you're struggling with inflammation. Maybe you're struggling with digestive issues. So how can I move forward supporting my body, supporting my metabolism, my digestion, my hormones, my, you know, cycles so that I am am healthy and I feel great and I'm my best self? And that may not include weight loss. And so it's likely going to be the things that you're going to do. They can be fun things that you adapt that are sustainable, not things that are like, well, here we go. I got to do this. And so I'm going to eat better. And I'm not going to I'm going to deny myself of all the things that I really enjoy. And I'm going to make sure that I'm in the gym five days a week. Like, no, you don't have to do that. You can just start with shifting over to, you know, a different breakfast, like start there and adapt that. So try some whatever, egg yolks and eggs in the morning with maybe some sprouted toast. Get to a place where you're like loving that. And if you're not loving that, try, you know, bringing in something different and 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 come to a new place where you're focusing on food quality and you're enjoying it. And then you can maybe move to like, okay, what can I, how can I shift out my desserts? Maybe, maybe something for you is like, I really love buying said cookies, you know, and, and that's, I struggle with that. Okay, you can have the cookies. It's it's fine. Or you can also say, okay, I could have those cookies, but I'm going to like try some other recipes. <laughs> like I'm going to try Noelle's Paleo chocolate chip cookies and I'm going to make those because they have higher quality ingredients and it's, you know, grain free and maybe, you know, grains are kind of, you know, ca- causing you issues or whatever. So you can try making those so that you're giving yourself sustainable shifts. You're focusing on quality. You're still focusing on food that tastes really good. That's exciting to eat. You're not depriving yourself. And you're focusing on these shifts. And then with exercise, gosh, I see so many people struggle with their relationship with exercise because they believe they need to do it X amount of, you know, for this long or this number of days a week. And that is you have to drop that. That is nothing but diet and fitness culture kind of putting these parameters, these these fake, you know, whatever myths around how it should be done. Like, do it in a way that works for you. You can make incredible gains with your strength, with your fitness, with your health by working out twice a week. Like, it doesn't, or you can work out for 10 to 20 minutes at a time. There's literature that shows that working out for 10 minutes can, you know, actually lead to improved biomarkers with fitness. And so I I think we have to just change our concept completely of what is health and what does it mean to be quote unquote, on the wagon, which is basically just you pursuing the things that are right for your body that are going to bring about health that aren't restrictive or forcing you to do things that you hate, but are like good sustainable shifts and changes. And know that you don't have to be perfect. You can take a week off. You know, it life is going to happen. I promise you, if there's one thing that I can guarantee that when we have this all or nothing mentality and we're, oh, we're on the wagon, I can guarantee you're going to fall off the wagon. Because you have now created a situation in which everything's perfect, everything's right, and you just need all the willpower. We have this false narrative, too, that, like, the people who are the most successful are the people who um, are have figured out the trick to staying on the wagon, have figured out the trick to, like, being, you know, perfectly motivated and not letting any of that fall. And that's a load of bull because everybody, quote, unquote, falls off the wagon. And we just all have different genetics, to be quite honest. You know, this it's not somebody who, you know, let's take the Peloton instructor, somebody who had a baby and comes back and is already running marathons and, you know, teaching classes five days a week. like. 
she is no better than you. She hasn't figured out any sort of trick or special thing to staying motivated and staying on the wagon. It's just her, her, you know, genetics. She's genetically inclined to be able to do marathons and exercise, and her body didn't take a huge hit with, you know, having a baby. And so we have to be able to step back and say, there's, like, she's she's not better than me. She hasn't, like, figured out some magic secret to, you know, like, doing marathons after having a baby where I can barely, like, walk around the block because I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z thing. Um, we have to recognize that people also, you know, have different genetics and have different life situations. And so you've got to stop comparing yourself to other people and thinking that, you know, if you're pursuing health in one way and somebody else is, you know, choosing to work out five days a week, like that doesn't mean it's right for you. That doesn't mean that that person's any healthier or they've figured out some special thing. You don't have to, like, earn your worth by, you know, how can I just stay on the wagon? Like, just get off the wagon and and figure out how can I make sustainable changes um, that that are right for me long term. It was a lot. I'm sorry. I was like just all over the place with that one. Here's a fun fact. Over 75% of women are deficient in magnesium. And if you are deficient, it can cascade into other problems. In fact, women may actually deal with more health issues than men from not getting enough magnesium. This is because magnesium, of course, supports sleep, it helps to manage blood sugar and insulin, and is anti-inflammatory, but it actually fuels healthy mitochondria, which is important for hormone health for women because steroid hormones are made in mitochondria. So it serves an important role in helping to balance hormones and moderate your monthly cycle. The truth is... Most magnesium supplements you'll find in health stores or online or on Amazon use only the cheapest synthetic forms of magnesium. And since they're not full spectrum, they don't have bioavailable forms, they may not actually raise your magnesium levels and you may not see improvements. There are actually seven unique forms of magnesium and it's important to take a compound supplement with multiple forms to experience the calming, health-enhancing effects. This is why I love Magnesium Breakthrough. I've been taking it for years. It is a compound supplement with seven unique forms. I have been taking two every night before bed and it's one of the only nutrients that is an absolute must for me daily. It's made such a difference in my sleep and anxiety at night. For our exclusive offer, go to magbreakthrough.com forward slash wellfed. Our code is wellfed10 to save 10% off. Again, it's magbreakthrough, so M-A-G-B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-O-U-G-H.com forward slash wellfed. I purchased my magnesium breakthrough with that link. I buy the bulk option so that each bottle is just under $30. If for any reason you don't love it, you can get a full refund up to one year after you purchase, which is one of the things I love about Bioptimizers. Again, that's magbreakthrough.com forward slash wellfed. Our code to get 10% off is wellfed10. You're perfect. Uh, okay. You. <laughs> Last question is from Marley. She says, I'm struggling with malabsorption of nutrients. I take a good prenatal and omega-3s. I eat right and exercise twice a week. What could be causing this? It's very interesting. I uh, am curious how you know um, you're struggling with malabsorption of nutrients. Is this something a function medicine practitioner has, right? Like, yes. uh, what is what is the source of this information? I think that's really important. Um and what are the uh, symptoms that you're experiencing, right? Um, because, yeah, 
I'm very, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm just curious. I, I would want to know more um, before like really flushing out a, an answer to this question. Uh, generally speaking, malabsorption of nutrients has everything to do with gut health. And um, you're taking a prenatal and omega-3s and maybe those are really helpful for some other things you have going on. And also I'm curious about what eating right means to you, but I think generally speaking, focusing on healing the gut, do you have any um, gut symptoms, gut related symptoms? Focusing on that I think could be really, really um, helpful, like a path forward. If uh, for anybody who is worried that they might be dealing with malabsorption, uh, I definitely think that starting with um, pro and prebiotic foods. So probiotic foods are ones that actually contain bacterial cultures in them and are foods that are um, fermented. So kimchi and sauerkraut, but make sure that they're actually fermented because um, you can, you can like sauerkraut, you know, could, could actually be in a jar that's not <laughs> actually fermented. So make sure um, you can get uh, fermented uh, like uh, kefir or kombucha, those kinds of things. Anyway, so some probiotic foods can be nourishing in that way. You can also, of course, try a probiotic supplement. And then prebiotic foods help um, give probiotics, give the gut bacteria something to eat that they like. <laughs> um, and uh, Jerusalem artichokes are actually a fantastic um, prebiotic food. Onions and garlic, I believe, um, leeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, correct me if I'm incorrect, um, Noel. <laughs> and, um, and and so those kinds of things and um, nutrients, of course, very helpful. Uh, you may want to try eliminating grains and dairy uh, and seeing if that helps. Uh, we talk about a way to do that in our book, Coconuts and Kettlebells. It's a fantastic book. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, those are some. So those are my tentative thoughts. What are, What are you thinking? No, I I think it's just important to bring to light, and um, you know, this this is an answer to the question, which is, I'm struggling with malabsorption of nutrients. Well, how do we know that? And so we can't we can't make these big assumptions about our health without mm. actually having like good data or a good understanding. It may be that yeah. you are not dealing with malabsorption of nutrients, you're actually dealing with, you know, maybe some, maybe you're not eating enough. I, you know, maybe you're, you're eating too low calorie. Maybe you are taking supplements like a, a good prenatal doesn't guarantee that you're going to actually get the nutrients that your body needs or in ratios that they're needed in. And a lot of times a good quote unquote prenatal or prenatal supplement may not even be nutrients that are in digestible forms that are, you know, good for your body. So I think that before we make these like big claims of like, oh my gosh, I'm dealing with malabsorption nutrients, we first have to have to stake up because maybe you listen to a podcast or maybe, you know, so, you know, for some reason you thought that that was it, or maybe you've gotten some blood work and you see, okay, I have some nutrient deficiencies. That doesn't necessarily mean that nutrient like absorption isn't actually happening. happening. It may be that the food that you're eating, like you said, Stephanie, like what is eating right, right? Um, that could be a lot of different things because we know there's a lot of different things out in the nutrition world that is, you know, quote unquote, eat right. And so if you're eating, let's say you're eating um, a diet really high in grains and high in plant foods and very, very low in, you know, fat-soluble vitamins like egg yolks and 
not there's no sources of heme iron in your diet like you know red meat grass-fed meats yeah you're going to have nutrient deficiencies and so you've got to be able to assess okay what's what nutri- what nutrients am i deficient in how can i get them from whole food sources and how can i increase those in my diet make sure that i'm eating enough because a lot of times nutrient deficiencies are simply caused by women not eating enough um, because that's what we've been told, you know, we need to do our, our whole lives is 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 restrict, restrict, restrict. Um, so I think that that, you know, that's a good answer to the question. I just wanted to bring to light that we ca- we have to be careful with making, you know, big he- assumptions about our health without uh, really understanding and proof. Um, but I hope that helps a little bit. When I first got into paleo, I read some of the introductory books that were around at that time. And I thought, I have a blood sugar problem Mm -hmm. and I need to eat super low carb and buy a blood sugar meter. And then I started doing that, right? And I just sort of assumed it. Uh, And it's fine to experiment with a hypothesis. I am constantly experimenting with hypotheses about what's going on for my health. But I think um, I like treating them like hypotheses. Like maybe this is my issue. How do I get more data about it? How do I approach it? How might I experiment to see, you know, if things will help me or not? Um, but yeah, I that and that that experience is probably one. I don't know if I have others in which I like leapt to a conclusion about my health. Uh, but I think um, dealing with them as hypotheses has been really helpful for me. So. Yeah. Well, I think the assumption well, the assumption that women make all the time is if I'm not at the weight that I think, you know, that the world tells me that I should be at, you know, like I've got the five to 10 pounds to lose, then it must be it must be my insulin. You know, it must be I must have this like these blood sugar. It must be my blood sugar. So it's like we always are trying to fix these things, which may actually not be broken. We're perfectly healthy. But because we think we need to, you know, be lean, strong as the new skinny, like we need to be lean and, you know, whatever. It's like, oh, we we've we figure we must have a problem. Right. It's like, nope, no problem there. Yeah. Perfectly healthy. So. Yeah, it's just normal for your body. This is what your body wants. So anyway, anything else from you? No. Okay. Uh, for more from Stephanie, are we still saying healthtoempower.com? StephanieRupert.com? Um, yeah. Health to Empower is still kicking. there. It's there for sure. And I'm still at Stephanie Rupert on Instagram. I have both of those Instagrams, of course. But um, for all the dancing videos that Noelle is talking about, go to uh, Stephanie.Rupert on Insta. <laughs> I just pulled up StephanieRupert.com too. It's a beautiful photo of you. Um, oh, I didn't. I didn't realize that was live. It's a, it's a more professional like, you know. Yeah. Do you have a Wikipedia? <laughs> Thank you for asking. I do not. Do you? No. Okay, maybe someday, but I'm not gonna like make that a life goal, you know. <laughs> oh, just right. because because achieving a certain level of uh, acclaim used to be really important to me, and it's not anymore. I have decided mm-hmm. that my impact doesn't have to be huge; it just has to be mine. So interesting. So when I Google your name, sorry, y'all, you're still hanging out here. Does I Google you? Health and Power obviously comes up. Stephanie Ripper comes up, but it's over in the right hand side on. Google. It's a Stephanie Rupert author, and it's like a very casual photo of you. I'm guessing maybe it's where? Where would? Where did this? Oh boy! Oh it's boy! From Facebook. Oh, uh, I don't even go on Facebook. Yeah, it's just naked 
humanity with Stephanie Ruper. I don't know where they got that. They that's oh. I guess that's the first photo you posted of yourself there. They um it's not, but those are the most I think those are the most popular photos probably oh, from the page. Interesting. Yeah, because it's like a very casual photo of you. It's like Stephanie Rupert, author. I'm like, where did this even come from? But looks good. And then there's some here's oh, here's me. And our photo together. Okay. Stephanie Rupert's C V. Oh, I don't <laughs> <laughs> What a CV. <laughs> Uh, it's it's the academic version of a resume. Oh, I sh- there should be versions of my CV online. I clicked on it. I think it's just a website that I don't know. It's called Clear Voice, so maybe it's not actually a CV. Anyway, oh, if you if you would go to Stephanie Ruper and you look at the images of you, there's this one image that I love because it it just gives me all the feels. Oh it's the oldest image of you that I know of. Not the not the uh, bathroom photo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the photo, it's fatburningman.com and it's like you in a red shirt, a collared shirt, and you just look just, it's just oh, Stephanie. Those, th- those were from, um, the PCOS unlocked, yeah. um, manual, which, you know what? I wanted to announce this and I haven't for months, but, um, a little while ago I made all of my programs $1. So oh. Um, yeah. So if anybody wants to go download them for $1, you're welcome to, it's not advertised or anything, but if you click on the button, so, um, but yeah, that, that was from the PCOS unlocked, um, 10 years ago now, I think almost. Yeah, it's just like a, it's a nostalgic photo of you. It's like, Oh, there's Steph. And then there's some with you at Paleo in 2014. My, 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 how times have changed. Um, that was 10 years ago. Wow. Ancestral Health Symposium 2012. 10 years ago. Wow. Anyway, anyway thank y'all. Thanks for being here. <laughs> StephanieRipper.com, HealthToFire.com, and Coconuts and Coconuts and We love you so much. Thanks for being here. We will talk to you next week. <laughs>